It is Valentine's Day, February 14th, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan, along for the ride on this wonderfully romantic day. Are you a Valentine's Day guru or not? I mean, look, Chris, you know, people know I love Olivia. Okay, so yes, I show her love every single day. Yes. But today, you know, I treat it a little bit differently. Obviously, cards, flowers, dinner, whatever she wants. I'm I'm always at her beck and call. She understands that. Uh, for me, though, it's nice because Olivia's not exactly that way with me. Like, I'm more oh. lovey. Yeah, yeah, that's in her personality. Oh. So today's special for me because I get a card and it's she has to vocally express herself to me a little bit. So that's always real nice for me we've got a lot going on today we've got a lot going on so a lot of moving parts we just woke up same way we do every day love you love you too happy valentine's day you too that's it you got got a lot of valentine he's 17 you think he really gives a shit i mean Ah, come on it's about the time you really start giving a shit nah he's just focused on baseball that's it he That's woke all. up with his glove. He's like, I love you, glove, so much. Yeah, right. Right. I mean, you got the win on the mound yesterday. Came in a relief. It's good. Pitched well. Yeah, man. That was good. All right. Uh, let's get this thing rolling. Uh, ESPN reported we got a couple of rules um, that have been around, but finally got some stuff solidified. The extra inning runner rule on second will be permanent moving forward. In addition, there will now be limits as to when you can use a position player on the mound. If you are down by eight or more in the ninth, you can do that. If you're up by 10 or more in the ninth, you can do it. And extra innings, you can use them whenever. So which of those two piqued your interest a little bit more? Or did both of them or did neither of them? Neither of them really did because we've known these things have been coming, I guess. I, I, the position player pitching thing has gotten out of hand the last couple of years. Teams started to really exploit that just to save their pitchers on games that they are basically waving the white flag on. I've been vocal about like, how about we just have like a white flag and make the manager come out and have to do that? I think it'd be funny, <laughs> but traditional advertising will tell you that's not going to happen. We need to play a full nine. Um, so I'm happy that that's getting out of the game. I want to see actual pitchers in there. Um, and as far as the extra inning rule, you know, I've been pretty vocal about saying we should have two innings of real baseball and then we can implement this ghost runner on second type thing. Uh, but it, they want to get these games over with. And I think everyone does, and this does work. So I guess it makes sense just to implement it right away. You know, I've seen some people say, Hey, you got nine innings to finish this ball game off the right way. Once you get to the 10th, let's just get the game over with. And part of me agrees with that too. So as much as I wanted those two extra innings of baseball, I'm okay with the extra inning rule. And I'm I'm pretty ecstatic about position players not pitching. And that's it got a little it was cute for a while, Chris, like back in the day when you just get one or two, you know, every so often. But we saw way too much of it last year. And it, and honestly, it makes a mockery of the game. It makes a freaking well, mockery of the game. I I don't mind it. I mean, I kind of dig it because I like seeing which position players can actually throw it a little bit. Uh, But I I read the numbers yesterday and last season there were a hundred more position players or like a hundred more innings thrown by position players than there were five years ago. Some astronomical number. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. Um, 
as far as the extra inning rule, first of all, it's not a ghost runner. I can see Sorry. him. Ooh, Sorry. It's a real person. So I know it's easy to say ghost runner. It's not. That's it, a little pet peeve of mine, I suppose. Okay. I'm My idiot. bad, bro. Um, the other thing, well, you're not alone. Most, I would say 90% of the people call it a ghost runner, even though it's what, a what's real it called? Bonus runner? There. What is he called? Just a runner. Runner. You better name you. You should name it right now. I want C Rose to name. I told you. I told you uh, when we've discussed this over the last few years. I wanted it called the Brady Rose rule because the first time I ever saw it, Brady was the first guy up in an extra inning tournament that we did when we were probably nine or ten or something. And I was like, "What are we doing?" And they're like, "It's the California extra inning rule, or something like that." And he knocked in the go-ahead run. We ended up beating our arch rival, and I was like, "We're calling it the Brady Rose rule." So I don't think they're going to fly with it. But I, I actually like it. Uh, the numbers bear it out. In 2019, um, there were 37 games that went 13 innings or longer, eight of them over 15 innings. Last year, there were only 11 games that lasted 13 innings and none over 15. So if the whole idea is to save your pitching, make sure we don't have any 20-inning things where you blow out your bullpen and then you're shuffling guys in between the minors and majors, and that gets tricky. I think it's been a good rule. Um, is it gimmicky? Yeah, but that's what adjustments are for in professional sports. It's interesting. You mentioned Brady because I feel like a lot of players, you know, growing up played with some iteration of this extra inning rule. So it's not too foreign. It's not out of the blue. People understand how it works. Um, I agree with you as far as the relievers, I'm sure the relievers are ecstatic about it because like you said, in those extra inning games, you do your job and you you mop up three innings and all of a sudden they're like, hey, pack your bags, you're going to AAA. And you're like, why? Well, I just did yeah. my job. Well, you can't pitch tomorrow or the next day, so we need fresh bodies up here. That's going to help the relievers yeah. out. So I'm in. I'm in. Yep. All right. A pair of pitchers got extensions since we last met on this show. Let's start with 36-year-old Hugh Darvish. He gets another $106 million over six years. Padres, of course, have been spending like mad over the last few years. But does this money move make you think that they've gone off the deep end a little bit? No, I like it. Keep keep diving into the deep end. Seidler, I like that a lot. They also signed Michael Walker today. Um, so shout out Michael Walker for joining that rotation. But you know they they didn't have a they didn't have a core of starters locked up. I think Musgrove was locked up, and now they've done it to to Darvish. So they had to make sure they had some starting pitching. What's interesting yep. to me, and, and Jimmy brought this up yesterday on Talking Baseball, this is you Darvish's third six-year deal. Isn't Amazing, that cool? isn't it? It's awesome. It's going to bring him to his age 42 season, I believe. Yes. And yes. to me, that is where this is the most significant as teams are starting to understand that people are different. Body types are different. We age differently. So gone are the days where once you hit 30, you're dead in baseball. Like, let's see individually how you handle aging and you Darvish, you know, in his age 35 season had one of his better years. And, and so they rewarded them for it. And I think it's smart. He's one of those pitchers that he has plus stuff, but he can pitch. So you can, you can say to yourself, look, even if the fastball velo diminishes in the next four or five years, he understands how to manipulate velocity and he's has enough different type of pitcher pitches to have success you know, at that older age. And who knows by that time, he might be thrown even harder. Workouts have changed. Um, you know, health regiments have changed. And this guy is all in on all of that stuff. So I'm happy to see him get rewarded for that. Uh, here's, I, I suppose if there's a little bit of an alarm bell that goes off, 
uh, if you're looking simply at the strikeouts in a time where batters have been striking out at a higher rate than ever before, for the most part, his K's per nine dropped nearly two from 2021 to 2022. He was about nine K's per nine. I don't know. Put that wherever you want. It's also a top-heavy contract, meaning the first three years is where he's getting significantly more than half of the money. The last three years total will be $43 million. So you're talking by, you know, ages 40, 41, 42. You know, it goes down a bit. So if you're worried about the back end of the deal and you just say, okay, well, what would I accept from you, Darvish? You would accept him pitching 150 innings and go from there. And I have no doubt that that guy can do that. I mean, he makes every start over the basically the last four years. He is always there. He is dependable. So I have no problem with it. In particular, you mentioned this at the beginning of your conversation, was that they had, you know, Blake Snell, I believe, is a free agent after this year. Nick Martinez has got kind of that wild contract where he can opt out after this season. So you're going to look at a lot of free agents outside of Julio Urias who are going to be kind of in the same age range as you, Darvish, whether that's a Miles Michaelis or a Lance Lynn. Uh, there's some other guys that could opt out of deals and be in that boat. So the guys that would help you anyway are guys right around his age. So why not just go with a known commodity? I'm looking at his numbers right now, and um, I guess I'd have to see total pitches thrown last year, but I, it could be a concerted effort to to get outs early in the count because, yeah, the strikeouts were down to 9.1 per nine, but the walks were down, the whip was down, and he threw the most mm-hmm. innings, I believe, of his career. No, second most innings of his career since 2013. Pretty good. 194 and two-thirds. So if you're able to get more innings out of this guy and he just cuts down the strikeouts a little bit and the whip is down, I mean, I think that's a, that's a great trade-off. You know, these guys that only focus on strikeouts, but can only go five innings. I I know that's kind of been in vogue in baseball lately, the swing and miss, but I'd rather have a guy go seven or eight by doing this. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you this, if you're a Padres fan, you're just loving life, man. Every day you wake up, somebody new is getting a nine figure deal. So just keep going. Keep going. It's not your awesome, money. Man. That's nice for them. Do you think we can uh, work today's for the edition, Who, me? Yeah, or yeah, us? Why not? Yeah, why not? Just throw us some bones. Yeah, that's true. That's Whatever. true. You know, uh, right. Let Orsillo and, and, and Mud Grant take a, you know, a few weekends off. We'll pop down there, do some games for you. <laughs> no, we'll do Padres today. Let's <laughs> just talk about Padres today. Day. A special, this is a special edition of Padres today. I love that. Boom, nine figures. Uh, In the meantime, the show is called Baseball Today, and today's edition is sponsored by BetterHelp. You've heard me talk an awful lot about therapy and the role it has played in my life. I started as a kid. It wasn't a particular incident or anything else. Um, My parents always thought it would be helpful if I could talk to somebody outside of the family structure about things that were going on in my life, challenges, And that's something I've now taken into adulthood. Uh, I've expressed the importance to um, Michelle and to our boys about being able to discuss things freely. And we do that as a family. But sometimes you need another set of eyes and ears on a situation. So with better help, uh, you can work with a therapist that can get you closest to the best version of you. Uh, It'll help you feel empowered. Uh, You're going to be more prepared to take on anything that life throws you. 
And if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. Here's why. It is convenient. It is flexible. It is affordable. And it's also, in today's modern world, entirely online. That is a big deal because you'll fill out a brief questionnaire. You're going to get matched up with a licensed therapist. Here's the cool deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That therapist-patient relationship is so important. If you're like, okay, I'm not connecting with this person. This person isn't getting me. That's okay. Uh, they'll say, cool, find somebody who can help fill your needs and no additional charge. So if you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash baseball today. You're going to get 10% off your first month as well. That is betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash baseball today. Go find yourself a bigger, better life. We continue on with the uh, second of two pitching contract extensions that were handed out late last week. This one goes to 25-year-old Christian Javier of the Houston Astros. Gets five for 64 mil, so it knocks out arbitration. A few years of free agency as well. Um, now, it gives Javier tremendous stability, and we get that at age 25. But does this deal feel a little light to you based on what we saw, particularly last season? I mean, it's just a leverage issue we always talk about. He had three years of control left, cost-controlled arbitration years. So that's going to bring the cost down. He's not a free agent. He can't get market value. He's just going to get comp value. So that's why we're going to feel like it's a little bit light. I believe the two free agent years are at $21 million. And I mean, that's even, even that, you know, that you might say that's light for a, a pitcher of his caliber, but Again, this is just, it's a leveraged thing. So a guy like him, and I mentioned this yesterday on Talking Baseball, he signed for $10,000 out of the DR. Um, when you sign for that type of money, uh, which is not a lot for those free agent signings, you don't get the same opportunities that a guy that signed out of the DR for a million dollars gets. You just don't. So it's a testament to his work ethic and his ability to get to the big leagues and get this opportunity. And then when he gets the opportunity, you know, they had him in a state of flux. He was a reliever. He was a long reliever. He's a starter back and forth. Finally, he gets put into the rotation, does what he does. And for him, I think it's smart to, you know, I had one guy say this, and we're talking specifically about baseball contracts. I know it's a different world and I understand what's going on in the economy and all this stuff, but he said, never pass up your first fortune. Now, this is a lot of money for anybody and particularly someone from DR who signed for $10,000. So I think this is a good deal for him. And you know what? Like get through this deal. You Darvish just signed a deal through 42 years old. If you want to, right. you know, blow it out in your next contract, sure. But this is plenty money for him. I'm sure he's very excited to, you know, have that stability and understand he's going to be in the rotation from here on out. He can just focus on ball now. So, you know, if you're comparing it to like what Verlander got, yeah, it's going to seem no, a little no, bit no, light, no, but no, in his situation, but in his situation, I think that um, it, it was spot on. Yeah. You would have to compare it to somebody who is in the same uh, track as him. Well, I'm just saying like free agency. Here's yeah. the only thing I would say. Do you have a, another comp that's like it was more than that or something? No, I, I mean, like there, were like guys who right. got a, there were guys who got extensions like Spencer Strider last year, who, you know, only been a big leaguer a short amount of time. What, he got a $75 million extension with basically zero service time. Um, for Javier, see, I think he could explode this season. I really do. Like, if he ends up winning the Cy Young, I wouldn't be like, oh, my God, really? I'd be like, mm-hmm, 
Like that's a dude who you saw could take it to another level or finish in the top three or four of the voting. And if he did that, and then he's only two years away, he could have gotten a nine-figure deal, in my opinion. It's the Michael Brantley effect. We've talked about this on that show before. Or, or, we've talked about that on this show before. Michael Brantley signed like a three-year 24, comes out the next year and, and is like MVP-type numbers. If he would have waited one more year, you get a massive contract. But I think the you know the stability helps you show up to the yard. I understand all baseball. that. I understand all that. I, I do. Some people bet on themselves, i.e. number 99, make it pretty big. I don't mean to harp on the fact that he's from the DR, but that's a lot of money in the DR. Eh, you know what I mean? And it's a lot of money in America. That's a big deal. Hey, if you talk to guys who are from the Dominican, who are from Venezuela, they will say the same thing. This is, this is We're not speaking out of turn here. These are the stories that we've been told or you sure. have seen firsthand. Absolutely. Totally. All right, uh, there was a trade of former high draft picks recently. Outfielder J.J. Blade, he goes from Miami to Oakland. He was the fourth pick back in 2019. In return, the Marlins get A.J. Puck, who is the sixth selection in 2016. Uh, who are you more confident will actually inch closer to their potential? It's interesting because the Marlins seemingly need bats. Um Yeah. And they traded away a guy who they had high ups for. I think he was a fourth overall draft pick in 2019. You know, he struggled at the big league level last year, but that's, I mean, that's not uncommon for guys to come up and struggle right away. Uh, but I think they saw too much potential in AJ Puck to not make this deal. And I don't know what the A's are doing. I never know what the A's are doing at this point. Um, so I think Puck has a chance to really like shine there. He's a six, seven lefty, um, has, kind of flourished last year in a reliever role. And I think he might just have to stay there. I know there was talks that he might join the rotation in Oakland and all the pit, all pitchers want to be in the rotation, but there are times where you just kind of have to understand what you're good at. And I, I could see Puck being like one of those guys that comes over and, and finds a role, a high mm -hmm. leverage could be, it could be back into the games could be, you know, just putting fires out in the middle of games. Uh, but I see, I mean, I don't know Blade as well as I know Puck. I haven't seen him play as much, but I see Puck being able to to maximize and get to that potential. And I think the Marlins saw that too, and that's that's why they made this deal. So when Blade was coming out of Vanderbilt, remember everybody was like, this is a can't miss bat. I mean, literally does like doesn't miss the ball, had more walks than strikeouts, yeah. had an OPS, I think over 1,200 his last season there, he had 26 homers. Like everybody's like, this is the guy they're going to build around in Miami. And it, I, I'll be curious to find out why, you know, maybe I'll bring it up to Miggy Rowe uh, when he's on the show next as to why he thinks it hasn't clicked for him or what the struggle has been. We know it's not easy to hit at the major league level, but when a guy has that much talent, and it doesn't come close to translating at this point, you'll wonder why. With A.J. Puck, like speaking of wonder why, I'm wondering why the A's are getting rid of him. <laughs> um, his numbers were really good last year. And, you know, he's 27 years old, but he has fewer than 100 major league appearances because of all the yes. injuries that have piled up. His strikeout numbers are solid, about 10 Ks per nine. Um, some people say, well, he pitched in Oakland last year, so his number – his road splits are actually significantly better than his home splits from a season ago. So I, I think the Marlins made out great in this trade. And I could see him one of those fire breathing dragons at the end of a pen. 
That's what I could see him as. I, I, I agree with him. I, I think both sides could end up looking great in this trade. I think Blade could so. see, en- see enough big league pitching to you know finally feel comfortable there. I think that's the biggest thing that people forget is, man, you get to the highest level and it could be daunting. It could be intimidating. And if you struggle right away, you start to question yourself. But you know, a guy with that talent, you have to consistently remind yourself. You have what I would tell what I tell young guys all the time is. Go look at all the best players' baseball reference page. Go to Mike Trout's. See what he did his first cup of coffee in the big leagues. It wasn't good. I think Derek Jeter, same way. Like you, most guys are going to struggle right away. It's about that perseverance. Mm-hmm. It's about being able to overcome all the stuff mentally um, that you're fighting with. I think that's one of the biggest things that you have to do as a, as a young player is understand that you belong. It might seem sometimes like you don't belong. And what am I doing here? You question your entire existence, Chris. You're like, this game's too good. I am not good enough to play. Once you get over that and you see pitches and then you start to say, you know what? I've seen a slider before. I've seen a four-seam fastball before. I've seen a two-seamer. I've seen a backdoor one. Like you start to understand it's just baseball. It's played at a higher level, but you level up as well. And a guy like Bladé with just a few more reps, a few more bats could get there. So in the end, I think Marlins are going to, I think they're going to strike gold with Puck. And Bladé might be, you know, a diamond in the rough for the A's. And eventually they get him in what? They're probably going to trade him for younger guys eventually. There is one hey, other to the quick point I'll make. <laughs> there is one other quick point I'll make. Um, his manager now in Oakland is Mark Kotze. And if people don't know much about Kotze's career, particularly in college, he was a stud. And a very high pick. He was a, he was a top ten pick. I want to say the year he came out as an outfielder, kind of can't miss guy. I used to see him close. I was working in Reno, Nevada, and they were in the same um, college conference as the University of Nevada. And so this guy would he would be the outfielder, get three or four knocks in a game, and then he'd come in and close. And I was like, oh, geez. He was about That's as good awesome. a college player as I had seen. He's, and uh, he's maybe a great guy. he's a great guy. He is a great guy. And so maybe he can sit down with JJ and be like, Hey brother, been there college stud. And it's now Kotze ended up playing a long time and had some solid seasons. He never made it to the point where teams thought he would, but he's been through it. So maybe a manager having that sort of experience can help unlock something. And Mark Kotze's first year, 1997, 57 plate appearances, a 192 batting average. You end up yeah. playing for 17 years. J.J. Blade, you're all right, bro. Uh, I'm going to say Kotze was the eighth pick. I'm gonna, I'm guessing here. I'm like the close. eighth pick of the 96 draft. The ninth pick of the 96 draft. Huh. Okay. You're close. Very Solid. close, Chris. You're good at that stuff. I know. That's weird. All right. Last thing, Derek Jeter has joined the Fox baseball crew. If you were watching the Super Bowl pregame, you saw him walk out there, of course, perfect suit, saying hello to Michael Strahan and then giving the, I don't know what sort of reception by A-Rod and Kurt Menefee as well. Shout out, Kurt. Um, how shocked are you that he is doing this? Uh, I'm not shocked. I was privy to the information a little bit before they announced it uh, on here. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I told the story on Talk Baseball yesterday, but I, I think Jeter is going to bring 
It's interesting because you, what we have now, you know, with those guys, with Poppy and A-Rod and, and Frank, it's it's more of like a, a fun thing than an informative thing. And I don't know if I, maybe I just haven't watched enough of them, but when I see them talking about the game, it's it's kind of like laughs and they just, they're, they're promoting it that way. I think Jeter is going to be more like in the details type guy. At least I hope so. That's the kind of player he was. And I'm, I hope he opens up. Because, you know, like Jake and Jimmy always tell me, you know, well, a, a notoriously bad interview on purpose. He just wanted to play ball and that's it. He's going to have to elaborate much more than that. I think he's going to be able to do that. I and mean, you know what? He has more experience in the game than Derek Jeter. So I'm excited to see what he does. I think that people are probably going to get a, a different side of Jeter, not like the bland version. Or at least I hope so. And when they get that, I think his popularity is going to skyrocket. We 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 want to see what Jeets is all about. I know we had the documentary, but but doing it live and and doing it you know day to day is different. And we're going to see his personality, and I think people are really going to like what he does. Well, let's clear this up right away. It will not be day to day. He's not going to be doing the pregame on FS1. Well, he's not going to do baseball today with us. He, uh, you will see him at the All Star game. You'll see him in the postseason, and you might see him at a few other times. But that's going to be it. But it's like interesting. Similar to what A Rod and, and hold on, similar to what A Rod and, and Poppy do, or or less than that. Yeah, I think I think that's what you're going to get. You're going to get a Poppy okay. schedule. We we very rarely see Poppy during the regular season. Sure, big games. A Rod maybe a a little bit more. Um. So, this is this one caught me off guard. I did not expect it. I didn't. I mean, you must have some really good information. I didn't have any. Uh, boots on the ground on this one i mean i i think it could be interesting it's a little bit of what i worry about with tom brady is that these guys never said anything during their playing careers they're very similar to be honest with you brady and jeter and so now being hired by the same company you know we don't expect them to be like totally railing on players but there is the occasional time where you have to be critical of people are they going to be comfortable being critical of managers is he I think so. Th- these guys came from an era where it was okay to be critical and rookies had to pay their dues and stuff like that. I feel like now we're so like, we, we you know, what do they call that? We, we approach it with kitty gloves on with a lot of these, mm. a lot of these things, especially, you know, on field, we want to make everyone feel, you know, as welcome as possible. And I think that's good for like baseball, like on the field, you probably need that. Yeah. Um, but I think he's going to be able to do it. I think right, be it'll be cool. interesting. I mean, why not? Why not? I, I do wonder what the dollar figure is on that. Ooh. It's got to be. I mean, their tears not just going to come out for freaking a million bucks and be like, yeah, I'll do it. God, I mean, it's it's got to be it. It's got to be a nice chunk of change. I mean, listen, a million dollars is huge. I don't want to sound so flippant about that. A million dollars to Derek Jeter to be away from his family and put in an a fairly significant amount of time to make sure that he's prepared and all that sort of stuff. It's Derek Jeter folks. He's going to command a nice price tag. That's one I want to find out about. We'll see. Is if, if uh, he flounders, if he flounders, there's another former shortstop ready to take over that position. Fox, I'll leave this company in a heartbeat. You pay me what you pay Jeter. <laughs> That's in funny. All right. What do you have coming up? 
Uh, baseball, or excuse me, talking baseball. We recorded yesterday. Uh, we talked about all that kind of the news, the Darvish, the trade, and stuff like that. So you can get all our thoughts there, our extended thoughts. And then tomorrow, I'll be filming an episode where it's me, BBD, and a special guest. And we'll do something Ooh, silly because like Jake and Jimmy are away for, and you also will be away for Jake's wedding. I am going to stay back and make sure the company stays afloat because someone's got to work at this good job place. That's right. You Thank it. you for doing that. In fact, on Thursday, Jerry Blevins will be in for me with Trevor Plouffe. That'll be a very good show as always. Always love uh, Jerry's perspective. Latest episode of the Rose Rotation with Logan Webb and Jock Peterson is out. Uh, very funny. There's some good stuff in there. Their reaction to Judge and Correa nearly being teammates with them is pretty impressive. Jock's all over the place, but in a good way. In a good way. And I'm about to tape a, uh, an episode with Team USA manager Mark DeRosa, which will be out next week. So that'll be a whole lot of fun. Um, that'll Very do it cool. for us for today. For our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, and Trevor Pluffet, I am Chris Rose. See you Thursday, Jerry Blevins and Trevor Plouffe on Baseball Today.